Hey, this is Jason Hansen. I'm the lead pastor at Anchor Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope that as you listen, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus to live for him, to tell others about him. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you're encouraged. We are in a series called Multiply. It's through the book of Acts. We started it right at the beginning of the church plant. The second week we began Acts and that was August 18th last year. So we're almost a year here in Acts. We took some breaks for Christmas for a couple other series on our vision and values for a series throughout we, that we did not too long ago called Flourishing in the Famine. And here we are. We're, we're coming close here to the end. Not too many more sermons left. We're going to be in Acts chapter 19 uh, this morning as we jump in. So you can open your Bibles to that uh, if, you, if you would. I, I love to run... Uh, one of the things I love to do is I love to go running when it's hot outside. I was telling a group, I think our community group the other day, that there's just something about it for me where, you know, if I'm running and it's 50 degrees outside, it's fine. But I feel like I get home and I, you know, I'm kind of like my, I'm a little chilly. Um, I, I don't sweat that much and I just feel like I didn't do much. You know, I just feel like I'm not really getting a ton of workout going. It's just the bang for the buck isn't there. But if I go running now... When it's 100 degrees, 110 degrees outside, uh, I, I, I feel like when I get home, it takes me a long time to cool down. I don't know if it's mental. It's probably, I don't know anything about science. I'm not a science guy. I'm not Bill Nye the science guy. I'm just a pastor. So I'm just trying to figure this out. But it feels like to me that when I go running in a, in a hot part of the year, that because it just takes so much longer for me to cool down, I'm burning more calories and I feel like I'm getting more bang for my buck. I don't like to run as it is. It's, it's not easy. The other day I was running uh, in the heat and I just, I just over, it overcame me in, in a moment of my legs just grew really tired. I hadn't eaten uh, well that day or much that day. You know, my, my, my legs were starting to get tired. I, I had a distance I wanted to run. I was running on the track. Uh, my, my legs were, my legs were tired. My, my calves started to cramp up a little bit on me. Um, I, I was just, I was starting to, you know, I don't know if you've ever been running or working out, but where the sweat starts to drip into your eyes and you, you try, you know, you wipe it for a second, but then the more you wipe it, it seems like the more sweat. So I'm like, my eyes are burning. I can't see. I'm trying to stop and wipe my eyes and I'm trying to stretch out my legs and just realizing this is actually getting pretty hard on this run. And maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should just give up. Maybe I should stop. I was, I was getting weary. I was getting tired. I didn't really want to continue to press on. I just felt like maybe I, maybe I should sit down. Maybe I should go somewhere else. Maybe I should just give up on this thing for today. Maybe I've run enough. I can just go home. And I, I did, you know, the, the only thing that I could do at that point was to go over, take a seat under some shade, drink a bunch of water, get, kind of get my bearings again before I continued on in the race. What I wanted to do because I was tired, because I was weary, because I was starting to get exhausted, I couldn't see, my legs were hurting me. I just wanted to give up. I, want, I didn't want to finish. I, I, wanted, I wanted to give up. I didn't want to press on in, in, this, in this run that I was doing, this exercise that I was doing. You know, you, you go out and do all these things. Sometimes we're just, because we're, we get weary and tired, giving up sounds great. Stopping sounds, sounds great. And I did stop. I had some water, but, but I, I thought, no, I, I need to continue to press on. I need to continue to go forward. I want to finish this. I want to, I want to finish what I started. I want to make sure that I, I conclude. I go through the finish line that I set for myself here. I'm going to make sure that I, that I do this. And the reason I bring this up is because Paul, in this passage that we're going to read from, and then we're going to talk about here in Acts chapter, I'm sorry, my, my page, it's actually, actually Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, 
Paul references racing. We've talked about this in the past, where, where it comes to the Christian life. Paul often talks about it as a race to run. He, he says it here in verse 24. He says, chapter 20, verse 24, he says, I don't count my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course. Meaning, there's this course that he's on. There's a, something that he's, he's running, this race that he's running on this course. He just wants to finish it. Paul wants to finish this course that he is on. And church, we, like me, on the, on the racetrack, on that track that I was on, we, we want to finish our race. Look, you have a race to run. God has given you a course. God has given you a track to run on. Are you tired? Are you weary? I think God wants to speak to some of us this morning that are weary of the race, that are, that are just tired, that just are so... just. I need to sit down. Maybe, maybe you're this, here this morning, and when you think about the race of the Christian life, you became a Christian. Maybe you had an expectation it would be something. You started to run this race of the Christian life. Your life's going on, and just it seems like somebody put hurdles. This isn't supposed to be a hurdle race. It's just supposed to be a race. Someone put hurdles in front of you. Maybe you feel like that, and you're tired, and you're weary. Look, we, we, live, in a, we live in a place, uh, in a time in our lives right now, with lots of hurdles just in life. And we are Christians. And therefore, the hurdles of life, whether that be a pandemic, uh, racist issues that we're just trying to sort out and think through as a church. Uh, I mean, when I say church, I mean the church. There's so many different opinions. Politics and, and all this stuff that it just seems like the Christian life is enough. But man, there's all this stuff coming in. Are you tired? Are you Are you weary? This morning, are you as you come in and you are watching this live stream uh, this morning? Are you weary of the race? Are you are you tired? Listen, God wants to meet you in a season of tiredness. Your race, the the race that you're on, you you may have cramping legs, you may your 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 hamstrings are hurting you, your 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 legs are getting heavier. In this race as you're running day by day by day one more day one more time one more week you got to homeschool your kids one more one more uh, time that you have to deal with depression in your heart and in your mind and wonder why why is it like this one more time that you have to throw that mask on and go out even though you don't love it one one more time that you have to turn on the news and hear something you don't want to hear or read facebook posts one more time that you struggle to wake up on time to to open the bible and to to read it and to, to just try and soak into it and sink into it one more time that you're asking for the same thing in your prayer life. It's just one more time and you're weary. The, the sweat's starting to get into your eyes and you can't see clearly and you don't know what to do. All you want to do is sit down. Is that you this morning? Has that been you in the past? Like the Bible's relevant for us. We find ourselves in seasons like we're in right now where there's weariness and there's tiredness. And we want to benefit from the scriptures as we go forward. Listen, here's the big idea for, for you this morning. Paul says here, this is the, the, what I just read to you is the crux of the passage. We're going to read the whole thing in verse 24. This is the crux of what Paul's getting at. He says, I want to finish my course. I don't account my life as any value. No, no value in my life. 
What I want to do is finish my course and run the race and highlight Jesus Christ. That's my goal. That's what I want to do to finish the course. Here's the big idea for you this morning, that you also are called to finish the race God has called you to run. Not to just sit on the sidelines. Not to just watch everybody else. Not to say you're a Christian and then all of a sudden you'll be like, eh, I'm just going to, I don't want to do this anymore. But to stand up as a Christian man, as a Christian woman, get on that track and finish your race. And we're going to see Paul here talk about finishing his race. What does it mean to finish your race? Are you tired? Paul's going to help us. You know why? Because Paul's tired. We want to benefit from this this morning. So I'm going to read the whole thing. It's from verse 17 to the end of the chapter. We're going to break it down a little bit, hopefully encourage you, and then, and then talk about how we can live it out a little bit. In our tired seasons, in our weary seasons, what does it look like to finish the race, to finish our race, to run in it? So, Acts chapter 20, verse 17. This is the word of the Lord to us this morning. Now, from Miletus, he, Paul, sent to Ephesus, which if you remember, Ephesus was a church that he had visited before he had set up a, a church there. There's converts there. We've read about this in Acts. He sent to Ephesus and he called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plot of the Jews. Hear the, hear the labor that Paul gave to this church. He served the Lord with humility, tears, trials, just walking through the plot of the, of the Jews to try and undermine his ministry and how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. You hear this. He's, he's labored for this church. He's shed tears. He's done with trials. And now he's telling them that he's constrained by the Spirit and he's going to deal with impri more imprisonment and more afflictions as he goes forward. And this is where he said what I've read before, verse 24, But I, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only, if only, if only, I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Here's a man who has shed tears. He has gone through trials. He has fought for them. He has not held back anything from teaching to them, training them, setting pastors in this church. He's got afflictions and imprisonments. Now he's going to more afflictions, more imprisonments, and now he tells them, I will not see you ever again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. 
Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Not only am I going, I'll never see you again, but I know there's going to be people that are going to come in to try and undermine my ministry in you, to actually take you from the course of gospel proclamation to something different. Wolves, he calls them, fierce wolves to come in and eat the sheep. The, the, the sheep that I've shed my tears over, these people are going to come in. I have that heavy on my heart, he's telling them. This is going to happen, so pay careful attention. Because I know that after my departure, verse 29, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away from the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me, saying, I, I didn't ask you for money. I actually worked while I was among you, so I paid for all my own things. I didn't take anything from you. In all these things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken. And they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to his ship. And off Paul goes into the distance, never to set foot here with these men and perhaps women that were there uh, in terms of there's, there's the elders, but we don't know if there's other people that came with him or not, or if it's just these men. We don't, we're not sure. But, but these people, he, he sees them for the last time, and he sails off into the distance. And here is a last words of a, of a tired pastor, of a tired man, a tired Christian, not just a pastor, a tired Christian who has fought the fight, who has run the race, and is tired. He is, he is weary. And listen, I don't just think, hear the weariness. We could just talk about this accounting, and you recognize he has given it all for this church. He has given everything he could for the sake of Jesus Christ and the gospel here in Ephesus. But look, we've been going through Acts. We recognize that Paul has been giving it all for every single city and church that he's been in. From the very beginning, when we talked about him being converted, remember, he's on the road to persecute the Christians. Jesus meets him, if you, if you remember the story, and he's blinded for three days. Can't even see. That's how he begins this Christian life. And all throughout it, he's, he's been threatened and he's, even people that are Christians aren't sure what to do with him. They don't know. His life has been hard. He has been imprisoned. He has been beaten. He's been stoned to, oh, to death, brought back to life. He's, here he is, this, and it's not over because he has imprisonments awaiting him. And, and we're going to read about some of those here in Acts. We're going to read about the end of his life, or at least towards the end of his life here in Acts. And we hear about it some in some of the other letters. But this is a tired Christian running the course, finishing, trying to finish the race, and doing so uh, on weary legs, cramping up calves. At some point, his sweat is in his eyes. He can't, he can't see it sometimes. And he's, he's telling these, uh, these pastors, these elders here in Ephesus about it. He's letting them know, I, I, I've been with you. I've, I've, I've struggled with you. 
I've communicated truth to you. And now I'm going to hardships. I'm leaving you to the work. But Paul, Paul is, a, is a man who is trying hard to run his race. Now, very easy for him just to give up. Wouldn't it be easy? Can you imagine just continually knowing, I have more imprisonment awaiting me. I have more affliction. Why wouldn't I just sit down? I'm just going to, look, I just need to take a break. I need to stop this. I am weary. But he doesn't. His, his only goal, we're, we're told, is that he, he wants to finish his course. You know why? Because he doesn't account his life as any value. My, my life, Paul says, is of no value. You know what is of value? Finishing my course in such a way that highlights the glory and the grace of my Savior, Jesus Christ. That's Paul's goal. I want to testify to the gospel. That's his goal. That's what he's, that's what he's saying. And you can see as he's dealing with these things and telling these, I mentioned it just a second ago, that, that it's not lost on him that this church, this church has been a means, I'm sure, the much joy. Much joy as he's walked this Christian life, as he's established this church and people have come to know him. But, but he has not shrunk back from, from telling them things they need to hear. We actually see it twice. Look at verse 20. He says, I, do not, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything. He actually says the exact same thing in verse 27. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Paul is actually telling them once, once more, look, part of this whole thing for Paul as a Christian is he has not shrunk back in the face of difficulty. His Christian life is filled with difficulty and he has not shrunk back. Part of that is speaking true things. This, this, this testifying to the gospel is not always easy. Look, you know it and I know it. We, we go in to talk to people around us that don't know who Jesus is. You know, part of that gospel message is, yes, God, there is, God loves you. But also, you don't measure up. That's not easy for people to hear. Not just, not just non-Christians, but, but Christians. It's hard to actually say true things in biblical ways to people and not have it be difficult. Paul here did not shrink back. And he was, he was uh, clear with them that I told you the whole counsel of God. From beginning to end, I didn't shrink back. I told you the hard things. I, I, when it came to correction, I corrected you. I worked hard in this season, though it was difficult. You ever had someone say something difficult to you, but in the end, you thought, you know what, that was hard to hear, but that was almost life-changing. Somebody would be that honest with me? You ever have, have somebody do that to you? I was, uh, I was at church maybe six, seven years ago, and I was walking through the lobby, and, uh, and there was a guy that came up to me, and this guy has, has long-standing, um, he just has some, some mental, mental uh, challenges, and so I would, I would get together with him a couple times a month and we'd go out and get some coffee or something like that and just kind of talk. And one day at church, I was walking through the lobby and he came up to me and he's, he goes, hey, how's it going, Jason? I'm like, it's going good. And he's staring. You ever have somebody like look at you, but they look up at you and they look up and they're not actually looking at you and they're talking to you and you're like, what are you, what are you looking at? Like, I don't understand. Like, make, you're not meeting my eye contact. And he was looking at my hair. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, what's wrong with your hair? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Like, I like what's wrong? It's like what's wrong with my hair? What's what's going on? What's wrong? He's like, no, it's just your hair. I, what's wrong with your hair? And I was like, I don't know. Did I forget to put stuff in it? I'm like feeling it around. Like what's going on with my hair? He's like, it, it just. I think you need some new product. Like it just looks kind of shiny. It's just. 
I don't know. And he starts laughing, right, at my hair. So now I'm self-conscious, like, what is going on with my hair? I was like, okay. I go home. I couldn't stop thinking about my hair, right? I'm thinking, what is, is my product no good? What's going on? He said, it's just too shiny. So I'm like, well, is there something better than I can have? So I spent the next three weeks trying to figure out, is there a better hair product? Like, what is going on with my, with my hair? So I, I found some new stuff. I put it in my hair. The next time I saw him, which was like a month later, he comes up to me, goes, your hair looks better. I just thought, okay, cool. Like, I got some new stuff. Thank you for telling me that. I think I told him, thank you for being honest with me about, about what was going on here with my hair. Now, we, we deal with those kinds of things. That's a, that's a silly example. I could give many more of people saying hard things. Look, look that's, that's something that's, I, that's a hard thing to say. I wouldn't say that to you. Ben, what's wrong with your hair? Like, what's going on? Julie, 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 Julie says, she says it to Ben all the time. You can, cause you, you deal with, you, you, you cut hair. That's part of, that's part of your thing. If you said to me, what's wrong with your hair? I'd be like, I don't know, fix it. What's going on? But in the moment, like, I don't know. What do you mean what's wrong with my hair? But what, but what happened was it actually caused me to think about it and to change. You ever have somebody do that to you, to come up to you and to say something difficult? Here's what I want you to get on this. To that person, them actually coming up and saying something to you that you needed to hear, maybe you didn't want to hear, was probably more painful for them than it was for you. You think that's not true, really? Have you ever gone up to somebody and thought, I should really talk to this person about something? And just the turmoil that goes into that, like it's just, it's just hard to think through in a godly, in a biblical way. It's hard to think through that. It really is. Isn't it, isn't it more difficult to think through that? I think it is. I think it is as you, as you think about it. And Paul has spent this whole time coming into the city. Look, Ephesus is filled with idols. We remember, we remember not too long ago they're there and they get run out of the whole city. Paul goes in there, in there and he's talking to people about Jesus and about grace. And when they fall back into, you know, they trust Jesus, they fall back into other things. He's correcting them with tears and bringing them back in. Look, Paul had a difficult life doing this. You know why? Because he didn't count his life as any value. But he said, I, I want to testify to the gospel. And therefore, I'm going to have hard conversations. Paul's tired. Paul's tired of doing these things. Paul's weary as he thinks through these things. Paul has had a difficult existence here in Ephesus. And not only that, but now he's thinking about the past and the hardships that he's had there and how it's been hard. And now he has to tell them that he's going to go on to future imprisonment and they will never see him again. Paul is a weary Christian. If you can hear it, my dog's barking in the other room. I don't know if you can. Uh, it's... It's not distracting for me. Hopefully it's not distracting for you. We're, we're all here and you guys can hear him doing that. Um, in, verse, in verse 23, Paul tells us that he is about to be imprisoned and deal with afflictions. Again, I, I said this a second ago. We're going we're gonna to take a look at all these as we go forward in Acts. But this moment in time, he's having a straight conversation with pastors in Ephesus and letting him know in some ways, my life for you has been poured out. I've been running my race. I haven't quit. I haven't stopped. And I'm not stopping now. I'm running. I'm running my race. I am running this race for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of the gospel. I will not see you again. I'm not going to see you again. Now Paul, Paul is going to leave. He gives him instruction to leave. But you know what? The elders don't go anywhere. The elders are sitting here. They're stuck. They're stuck here in Ephesus. Perhaps some of them wanted to go. Perhaps some of them wanted to leave. Because it's better that Paul's with them. 
Can you imagine being, being these elders here? They've, they've known Paul for three years. He was with them, teaching them, training them up. He was a father in the faith to them. They loved him. And here now he's saying, I'm going to be constrained by the Spirit to go off and to leave, and I will never see you again. I can imagine this, that these elders at some point would have had to think, this is not good. Why is it better that Paul goes somewhere else, I'll never see him again? God, why would you take Paul, who has been your servant for years at this church, why would you take him from us? Why would you cause him to leave, to go to future imprisonments? Hasn't he served you? God, hasn't he served you? Hasn't he done everything he can? The questions that would have come from these men as they're thinking about this, trying to think through it, trying to think, why is he leaving? He's leaving us. It's difficult for Paul, but it's more difficult for them. I remember, I remember um, leaving uh, Pennsylvania for the last time. I remember being, being, I think I was 23 years old. Uh, I, had, I had moved there with my mom and sisters and I was going to be moving back to Arizona to go to Arizona State University. I remember getting into the U-Haul, pulling out of the, I think he's giving me the devil sign, uh, some devil sign. Uh, I remember pull, pulling, out of the, <laughs> pulling out of the driveway and in my rearview mirror or whatever, seeing my mom standing there. And I, I remember leaving. For the last time I was in Pennsylvania. You know what? That was hard for me. But you know who it was harder for? It was harder for my mom. You know why? Because I was going somewhere. I, I knew that I had a trajectory. I knew where I was going. My mom, all she knew was loss. You know, sometimes it's harder to, to stay. Easier to be the one that leaves. Harder to stay. And here Paul is leaving these pastors, knowing as I leave, hey, also, people are going to come in and they're going to try to undermine you. I just can imagine these guys were like, stay. Don't, look, don't go to Jerusalem. Why don't you just stay? But Paul is clear that he is constrained by the Spirit. And he had to leave. And these pastors, I guarantee you, as they're running their race, at this point in their race, their Christian life, as they've, they've known Paul, he, he leaves, they would have thought, my legs are getting kind of weary. My, my sweat's getting in my eyes. I, I can't see clearly what's going on. Look, my calves are cramping up. Maybe I should just, maybe I should just stop. Maybe I should just give it up because I can't imagine life. This God, listen, this seems like utter foolishness. It would be good for Paul to stay. That seems foolish. Sometimes God's wisdom seems like foolishness to us. Sometimes what we feel like is going to be good for us, God says, yeah, but it's not best. So it really comes down to do we trust him or not. These elders, as they're running their race, had to understand, are we going to trust him or not? These elders were star sorrowful. We read at the end that there's tears in their eyes. Tired. As Paul as Paul relates to them, look, I'm weary. This has been a hard road, and I got a harder road. And he goes off into the distance, and there they are on the shore, wondering, what does tomorrow hold for us in this church? What, is this, what does my race look like? How do I finish my course? How do, I, how do I think about these things? What about you? Think about tomorrow, lots of unknowns. You tired? You tired in this season? Are you weary? 
from just things coming at you? I know I am. I, I'm tired. I, I was. I told our. I told Aaron and Aaron and Tyler earlier this week, and I told Tiffany earlier this week, and I told our community group earlier this week. Uh, guys, I'm tired. It's just emotionally. It's, a, it's an emotionally draining season. You know, you 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 trying to. I want to pastor you. I want to pastor you as a church, and I can't even see most of you face to face. I can't be in a room. I, I'm speaking to a camera. Uh, we're dealing with issues of truth. You know, as Paul here, he, he didn't shrink back. Look, one of the signs of a mature Christian is they don't shrink back from speaking true things. We, we want to make sure that we're doing that. There's things that are hard to speak about right now in this season of life. Doing our best to, to bring the Bible to bear about unity and, and gospel realities and how to think about the image of God and and how to navigate a season where there's a diversity of opinion on candidates and, and how to make sure Jesus is the center. And, and then you have just life that hits. And I'm just, I'm tired. Are you tired? Listen, we, we are called, like Paul, to run a race. The Christian life is a race to run it. Not just to run it, but to finish it. Paul says, I don't count my life as any value, but as but, but, but if only I would finish my course, finish my race, testifying to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to think about too. Look, your life today, tomorrow, the week after is a race. You've got to think of it that way. It's something that we are on. We are running it. Are you running? Have you, have you given up? Are you tempted to give up? Finish the race God's given you to run. We, we as Christians want to make sure that we don't give in to weariness. It is tempting. These, these elders, I guarantee you at some point, these elders thought, maybe we should just hang this up. Do we really want to deal with fierce wolves coming in? Do we really want to deal with this without Paul? Never going to see him again. Hardships, struggles. You have your own. You know what they are. They feel like hurdles. But we want to make sure that we're running our race and we, we, we run to finish it. But how do we do that in the sense of, in a state of weariness? How do we deal with this when we are weary? Because if we are called to run, we will get weary. If you're not weary now, you will be weary in a month or a year from now. There will be seasons of that in your life where it's just going to be hard. You're going to be tired of running your Christian life race. It's going to be difficult. How do you do, how do, you, how do, you do that? How do you run forward when the sweat's in your eyes? and when your legs get heavy, and when you have to stretch out your calves, and when you just want to sit and you want to quit. I have two things to, to think through this, to live it out, and then we're going to be done. The first is this. Drink the water of the Word and run. I said earlier that there's times where I need to stop. My legs are getting hot, heavy. I'm, I'm trying to think through my calves. I, my, my sweat's in my eyes. i got to go sit down for a second. got to drink deeply from water. I need, I need water to, to actually... To, to make me to make me alive again a little bit. I need it to actually to live. If I don't drink water, I will dehydrate. I will not be able to run. My legs will stop working. I will not be able to go forward. It won't be a choice, should I run or should I not, because I'm going to be dead on the ground. And your spiritual life, Christian, is the exact same way. You know when Jesus meets a woman at a well? You know what he tells her? Because there's water there. And he says, hey, can you give me a drink? I'm thirsty. 
he meets this woman in Samaria at a well, and she's, she's tired in midday. She doesn't want to see a rabbi. He's sitting there, can you give me some water? And she questions him about it, and he, he tells her that he has water that if she drinks from, she's never going to be thirsty again. And Paul here says it a little differently, but he says here in verse 32 that he commends these church members of Ephesus. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Listen, when we are weary, if you are weary, do not neglect drinking the water of the word. You have to have it. This is, this is water. When Jesus says, I have something for you to the woman at the well, that if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. You know what that is? It's him. Drink deeply of the well of Jesus Christ. Look, you know why? Because Jesus, as we think about him, Jesus doesn't, when we think about running a race, I don't know if you think about this, and you mess up or you fall down, sometimes we can think about God this way. We can think, oh man, if I fall down, a lightning bolt is going to come and it's just going to nail me. Like I'm, I'm done. I don't want lightning bolts to hit me because that's who God is to us. That is the wrong picture. Do you know what the picture is when you're running your race and you screw it up and you fall over and you're just tempted to sit down? You know what it is? Jesus comes alongside like the woman at the well. He does the woman at the well and he comes he comes by and he says, hey, listen, in gentleness, let me help you. Drink deeply from me. Drink deeply from me, from, from the, my well, which you find in the scriptures, to know him, to know who he is. You know, what, you know why we want to know who he is? Because in the race, and this is what Paul got deeply, in the race when we're tempted to be weary, we recognize that we have a God who gives us strength, and who gives us wisdom, and who, and who sustains us in those moments, and he does so in gentleness, and kindness, and patience, and mercy, and grace. And it is not something that we make up in our minds and go, oh, he's angry with me. No, no, we want to know who God is. Go find out who he is in the scriptures, and give him thanks for it. Look, we want to make sure that as we are weary, if we are weary, we drink deeply from the word that Paul says is able to build us up, in the midst of it and keep us on the right track and then run. We want to run a race, Lord. We were going to get weary. But if we do, pick up the word, drink deeply of it, and continue on your race. We want to make sure that we, we run that way. And the second thing that I would say to live it out is this. Share the water of the word as you run. Listen, we are have more way more in common in our weariness with these Ephesian uh, pastors than we do with Paul. Paul is on a different level. Paul's an apostle. Paul has, he's called to do things maybe that we aren't called to do. But you know one thing he is called to do that we're called to do, that we're all called to do, is this. Testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Testify of God's grace. Testify of the gospel of the grace of God. We want to make sure that we are, we are doing this. We see this in verse 24. That is his thing. I don't account my life as any, of any value nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and preach the gospel. Testifying of God's grace. Look, this is something we must do. Church, Christian, listen. 
The Christian life is one of testimony. We talk about the disciple cycle. Paul's living it. This is what we, we want to be living this. We want to be, who's discipling you? Who am I discipling? Am I making disciples? Paul's, Paul goes to Jerusalem. James and Peter correct him. Tell him what to do. I'm going to call Mark and Julie up here. Uh, tell him what to do. Hey, we got to maybe sure correct these things. He's being discipled by those guys. By Silas, by Barnabas. Discipled. Jesus himself, he's meeting with them. Discipled. He's also making disciples. Timothy and these other guys. All these pastors here in Ephesus, he's making them. And the whole time he is saying, I want to make sure that I'm making disciples. So Paul's, Paul's mission and we share in this mission with Paul as we think about it to testify to the gospel of the grace of God, the good news. We want to make sure we go, listen, are you weary in your Christian life? Are you weary in your life right now? You woke up this morning and just thought, I'm just tired. Tired. You have a Savior that says, come to me all who are weary. I will give you rest. We come to him in the scriptures and we tell about that grace to others. Look, if you're not a Christian this morning, maybe you're, maybe you're watching this, you don't know the grace of God. Let me, let me testify to you of the gospel, the good news. That's what gospel means, of the grace of God. God's grace is enough to take your life from what it is right now and radically transform it. Look, there's something called sin in the Bible. Sin is the th everything that we do that is against God. You know it in your heart. Those things that you... You, you might not even have the, te the terminology for the Bible uses, but you know it in your heart, those things that you do that you know is wrong. You're lying over here. You're jealous over here. You're angry and you're mean-spirited over here. You, you, you hate that person over there. You're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at on your computer. You're doing all of these things that you know in your heart. Yeah, these, are, you know, these, aren't, these aren't great things. Those are things that are called, they're called sin. You know what the, the good news of the grace of God is? is that all those things, when you put your head on your pillow at night and your mind wanders and you think, man, am I a good person or not? Jesus says, well, it's not that you're a bad person, but, but you actually can't bridge a gap to get to God because God, God uh, requires perfection, holiness. None of those things, if you've ever committed one of those things, you can't get to him. But you know what the, God's grace says? But if you just believe Jesus died for sins, rose again from the dead and have your confidence in him there's salvation and there's forgiveness for you it's the good news of the grace of God Paul lived to testify to it testifying it too and, and we as a church want to make sure we are testifying it to this we, we testifying to this as well one of our values is being relentlessly outward thinking about how we think about other people in the community and telling them about Jesus we, we say often that God uses changed lives, meaning God changed my life, to change lives. We want to make sure we go out and we do that well. Imagine if we're a church who, who in this season of weariness, of tiredness, we press on to recognize Christ is enough. Christ is enough. That we've decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. We walk that out and we live that out because he is good. And though we're weary and our legs are tired, we sit with the water, we drink it, and then we say, okay, enough. I want to run my race to give glory to Jesus Christ, my Savior, in everything I do. Amen? We want to make sure we have that as our mentality and our mindset. As Paul lived his life in weariness and he goes forward, may we do so as well.
Let's sing this last song together.